It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, thanks very much for joining us for our latest podcast. We'll be doing these probably at least once a week um, while we uh, wait for hopefully play to resume. You know, I hope you're enjoying this. We're doing five rebroadcasts on our flagship station, 95.3 WDAE and AM620. Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 7, and uh, noon on Saturdays and Sundays. But this gives you something that is really truly new and gives you a chance to listen to it at your leisure as well. Um, Our latest podcast is with one player and one ex-player current broadcaster for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, You'll hear from Brian Anderson in a bit, and he really has some terrific stories and context uh, in terms of how he's dealing with – the situation right now. And, uh, he's got a great story too. Um, in terms of, uh, whether he may or may not have had this, he doesn't know. Um, and then we also, he's in, in the Tampa Bay area. And I also had a, a chance to uh, chat with Joey Wendell. Uh, Joey has gone back to Pennsylvania. And, uh, first thing I did in our discussion with him is asked how he's doing and how his family is. We're doing good. Uh, yeah, we, we opted to come back home, um, off-season home anyway, which is in Pennsylvania. Um, and as you can see, the weather's pretty nice right now. It's uh, about mid-60s, but we're all doing well. We're all – everybody's feeling well. Um, you know, we, we've pretty much been isolating uh, for the most part. We have a, a very small kind of uh, circle that we've just, uh, you know, had a little bit of contact with, but we, we've really tried hard not to introduce it to new people and, and kind of keep that part to a minimum. It, all of your family's okay because I know you live very close mm-hmm. to uh, to your brother. Your your parents are close by, right? Yeah, yeah. I have I have two brothers and and, uh, and their families and and my parents are close as well, um, and they're kind of in the same boat. They're um, you know for the most part not working, and uh, or if they are working, working from home. So uh, yeah, none of us are really seeing a lot of each other, but um, yeah, everybody's doing really well. Uh, Thankfully, that uh, that nobody has gotten the virus or had any symptoms of it yet. So, our plan is to uh, is to certainly keep it that way. How's this been for for you? It, this got to be what the first time you've been home this time of year since when? 2000, 2012, Since the year that I got drafted, it's my first time in, in back here in March and, and April. And actually, for my my wife and kids, this is their first time ever here in, <laughs> uh, in March and April. So. Yeah, we, we've certainly gotten used to, um, you know, being in, in spring training and then starting out the season this time of year. So it, it's definitely a little bit different in that aspect. Um, and I think um, I think we all wish we were we were at that point. But also, um, you know, it's it's nice to be back home at, at this time of year. Get to see kind of kind of spring happen and, and everything come to life. And we had a fire on the back deck uh, last night, which is you know we haven't done for a while. So uh, well, well, I know everybody's disappointed. We won't be back out there playing baseball as soon as we can. Um, you know, there is a little bit of positive that's come out of this as well. So Luke was born right before spring training started. Yeah. So you're getting some extra time with him that you didn't expect. And Jack is what, like two years old now? 
Sure. Yeah. Jack will be, Jack will be two at the end of May. Um, and Luke is two months. So, uh, yeah, we, we kind of joke around. We say, yeah, we just we went to Florida um, just to have a baby, and then we came right back. So, um, so yeah, we um, we're doing well with that. And you're right, it is some unexpected time. If 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 we didn't have this, you know, we'd be uh, we'd be in Texas or Boston or something like that right now. Uh, but definitely on the road. So uh, yeah, there, there's definitely some precious time that, that I'm getting to spend with uh, with Luke, our newborn, and Jack, and I'm able to help out my wife Lindsay as well a little bit more than. Uh, we were anticipating for this time of year. Guys are in different places. I talked to Austin Meadows last week. He's still in the Port Charlotte area. Yeah. Some guys are in Tampa Bay. How much communication have you had with players, coaches, and who are you chatting with or texting with the most? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's done a pretty good job of keeping in touch. Uh, you know, we have kind of a group chat going, uh, maybe 15 or 20 of us from the, from the team. Um, just trying to, trying to keep in touch the best we can and kind of touch base with each other in terms of, um, you know, what's going on around the league, what's going on with people's workouts and stuff like that. I've had a handful of coaches check in with me. Um, you know, nothing really formal. I don't think anybody really knows what to say at this point um, other than just, hey, hope you're doing well, hope your family's safe, um, you know, stay, stay as ready as you possibly can. So how are you doing that right now? Because I'm yeah. guessing the hardest part, I mean, you're used to a routine, so do you have sure. a routine yet? Um, yeah, actually, you know, I'm, I'm pretty well set up for this. I, um, I have a, um, a gym that I, that I put together a couple of years ago in our, in our basement and, um, I, I love it down there. I love spending time down there. So I've been able to, you know, stay in shape in that respect. And then, uh, in, in terms of baseball, uh, my, my oldest brother lives right near a baseball field with a, uh, with a cage there. So I've been able to go over with him and long toss and hit him in the cage age and stuff like that so you know is it is it the same as being in spring training no but I think um given the circumstances that I you know I feel like I could jump back into things pretty quickly if I was asked to so I'm getting to a bit of a routine um and and I feel good so I don't know what your wireless is like but what does that gym look like downstairs in the basement how how extensive are we talking here oh uh I mean you 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 want to see it we can try it yeah you can kind of give us a play-by-play as you walk us through it Back into the house here. But so how much time are you working out a day in that in that gym? And, and do you have like a set time you do it every day? Um, I usually do it in the morning. And it kind of just varies. Sometimes I'll just come down here and stretch a little bit. Uh, and then some days I'll be down here for for up to two hours. So uh, so this is what we're what we're working with here. We got uh got your your physio ball up there. That's an archery target. Sometimes I'll shoot shoot a little archery down here as well and then we got a uh got a squat rack with all the weights and everything that we need got a got a rowing machine here little sh- little shop over there american flag um but this this right here you got this this carpet here which is kind of interesting <laughs> but uh sorry i know my my video work is is subpar but if you can see i got a, i got a little t there yeah um, which, which i'll hit these uh these little yellow baseballs into the wall. So, uh, so I can even get swings in at my house, which is a, uh, which is a nice little deal. That's so, pretty uh, sweet to be able to do yeah, that. This is what we're working with. It's uh, it's a little pull up bar right right there. You can see. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I, I like spending time down here and, and uh, you know, getting a good workout in, but, uh, but that's what we've got. And your brother can flip toss to you if you're outside at all at a distance. And yeah. Yeah. Yep, so I'm, I'm pretty well set up, I guess you could say. <laughs> That's a lot better, I would, I would think, 
better than most. I mean, you can get your running in, you can get your workout in. Um, sure. But, but it's got to be weird right now. I mean, how long would it take, do you think, personally, to get into baseball shape once the okay is given, whatever that may be? Um, no, I, I honestly don't think it would take me that long. Um, I think every player is going to be a little bit different. But um, I, I think I could be there in, in two weeks, a uh, week and a half, something along those lines. So, yeah, I, I would say 10 to 14 days, honestly. Um, I feel like I could be back up and running. But, uh, but you know, like I said, every, everybody's going to be a little bit different with that. And, uh, and you know, we'll just have to see what, what how much time they allot for that. I can imagine the, the pitchers would need a little bit more time. Of course. And, and like, you know, you're used to diet and, uh, you know, like obviously people aren't going to the supermarket. What are you, what are you doing at home? Who's cooking? Is Lindsay cooking? You cooking? Who's Doing uh, we, we, we split duties on that a little bit. It just kind of depends on who has the kids. Uh, yeah, we, we have been going to the supermarket actually maybe uh, once once a week at most, I would say. We're just doing real big shops and, um, you know, obviously obviously being very careful when we do that. And, uh, and yeah, so uh, we've, we've been able to eat good meals and, and they've had most everything in stock. And, you know, there are certain things that if we see, we'll go ahead and get uh, – you know, four or five pounds of it or something like that, just to make sure that we have a, uh, I don't know, stockpile is the right word, but just to make sure we, we don't run out. Um, I, I think it's just a matter of time before that kind of stuff starts to become, you know, before toilet paper starts to come back in stock. I'm, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's on the way, but, uh, but yeah, so we've, we've been eating fine and, um, you know, doing our best to kind of just stay in shape and stay away from, from other people. <laughs> what, uh, what do you cook? What's your favorite dish and what's the favorite one Lindsay makes for you? Ooh. I mean, I love tacos. That's kind of like, that's kind of like I grew up. That was like our meal was like tacos. So in the Wendell household, I mean, it was like, it was like a free for all. Um, there were like, there were like fists being thrown and, and punches thrown over, you know, who got the meat and the cheese and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's, that's probably uh, our favorite here. Although, um, my son Jack likes spaghetti. That's his. That's his favorite meal. So it's nice not to have to um, to fight him trying to get him to eat food uh, when we have spaghetti. We actually had that last night. So um, that's probably the most peaceful dinner. Certainly uh, one of the messier ones, but it's at least peaceful, and we don't have to have to fight to get it down his throat. <laughs> and do you make the tacos, or does Lindsay make the tacos? She make them like uh, used to get back home. Yeah, we 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 both know how to do it at this point. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Only only difference is who slices the tomatoes differently. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not really worried about that. It all ends up in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> what are you binging? Oh, uh, really not. Um, really not a lot. I mean, if if I have a little bit of spare time, I just usually watch reruns of The Office. Um, I feel like for me, that's uh, that can never really get old. Um, but during the day, we don't – I mean, we're not watching anything. We're trying to be outside or uh, we're playing or so, something like that. Um, but, yeah, just, just in the evenings after the kids go down, we might, might flip on the office or something like that. And do you – obviously, your workout kind of, I would assume, helps you get your mind right. Are there other things that you're yeah. doing just to, like, some guys listen to a podcast now and then or reading a book or something just to stay positive? I know you're – you're religious too. Do you, what types of things do you do with some? Downtime? Yeah, I mean we're. Uh, yeah, I mean I, I feel like we're we're constantly reading. We're constantly in the Word or the Bible, and, and um, you know we, we have a little bit more time for that at this point, just kind of um, to grow in our faith and to 
and to grow that as our foundation in our life. And uh, that's something that, that we're constantly doing. But right now we have a little bit more time to do that, which is nice. Um, you know, we've, we've been trying to, to stay in contact with a lot of our friends as well um, through, you know, Zoom or FaceTime or whatever that may be. Um, so even though we're not actually getting to spend time uh, with people in person, it's it's been a little bit of a blessing because, you know, you do, you do – uh, intentionally uh, reach out to your friends and, and things like that where you can you can uh, spend a little bit of time walking or talking with them rather and uh, so yeah I mean I would I would say um, you know other than that just just trying to get outside it's it's uh, you know our oldest son Jack is at a really fun age right now where he's uh, kind of learning how to he's got like a scooter he's, he's starting to, to, to mess around with the bike a little bit and there's um, you know, there, there's a, a lot of fun to be had out in front of our house and in the back here. So we're just trying to do that as much as we can, keep them outside and, and uh, you know, keep everybody entertained. When did you actually come back to Pennsylvania? How long after the after spring training was suspended did you guys decide to drive back? Not not very long, actually. Um, and, and we ended up actually flying, um, which we, we felt like was almost equal in terms of risk as flying was at that point. But um, yeah, right, right after spring training, I want to say either the, the Tuesday or the Wednesday after that it, um, that it shut down, we were, we were on our way back home. I could just kind of see the direction that things were going, and, and I, I kind of uh, felt like the facilities were going to be shut down. Um, so uh, we just went ahead and came back uh, to, to a place where we feel comfortable. And, and when you say risk, I guess you're talking you're going to have to either stay in a hotel with sure, some yeah. risk or you're going to have to fly. So at that point, you kind of thought half, half a dozen of one, half a dozen of another? Yeah, I mean, it, um, you know, with a, with a newborn and, and with, a, at the time, a 21-month-year-old, there's not a particularly good way to travel. Um, you know, you're either going to stop a half dozen times driving up or you're, or you're going to have to end up flying. So um, we, op- we opted to fly, and, um, you know, we, we, we don't regret that decision. We think it was the right one. And it turned out obviously right. Were you scared at all? Were any of you guys worried about all this? And when you came to the end of spring training, what was kind of your thought? Um, you know what? I, um, honestly, just just being a being a father, um, uh, a part part of me was thankful that the, the virus doesn't seem to be affecting young younger children as as much. Um, and then also um, just concerned for for the older generation that I, that it was affecting. Um, you know, my, my mom's mom is 88 years old and, uh, you know, she, she hasn't even gotten to meet our, uh, meet our mm. newborn Luke yet. So, uh, we, we drove past her house and we stayed in the car, um, and, and we talked to her that way for a little while. But, um, you know, when you have people like that, who, who, who are in your life, who you love, you, you know, you know, that, that the distance is, um, is difficult, but you're also doing it because you love them. So, um, you know, I, I think that there's, um, that this virus deserves um, everybody's respect. I, I think that, you know, in terms of respecting people's social distancing, and um, I think everybody's a little, um, has a, a, a different level of comfort um, in terms of how much contact they want to have with people. Um, so I would say in general, I have a little higher tolerance just for being around people. Um, my, my worry doesn't seem uh, particularly high just for, for my family and myself. Um, but that being said, I also, um, have been respecting other people's distance and, and, you know, making sure to, to not do anything that would make somebody else feel uncomfortable. Understood. 
And have you given much thought beyond the fact that you're working out to baseball? Have you even thought ahead? Because there was so much excitement for this season, for this team, for the community, all of that. So uh, have I given any thought to the potential of the season and the excitement for the team, or has that kind of been moved to the back burner as you kind of, you know, you work out to stay in shape, but sure, you sure. much thought to it. Yeah. I, I mean, we, we were just in spring training, so it's not that far. It's not, we're not that far removed from it. You know, we were just gearing up. We were ready to go. Everybody was excited for the season. And then, you know, we kind of just, you know, screeched everything and, and put everything on the back burner. But for me, um, there's still a level of excitement there. I mean, there's still an anticipation that we're going to be playing in some capacity this year. And, and um, you know, I'm excited for when that does happen, hopefully. Um, if it doesn't, that's, um, you know, that's that's above my pay grade in terms of making that decision. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been thinking about our team and I've been thinking about this season a lot um, as it goes on. I mean, that's kind of, you know, as, you, as you're in the off season, you start working and you get a little bit closer to the season, that, that excitement starts to go up and a little bit more and you start to kind of, uh, you know, remember why it is you've been working out for so long and stuff like that. So uh, for me, I'm just kind of trying to keep that intensity, keep that, um, uh, keep that excitement going, going right into these workouts and just treating them like it's like it's the late off season and, and we can get a call to, to come on back to Florida or Arizona or, or wherever they're going to have us um, as soon as they need us. And from a moment standpoint, what were your favorite moments last year? I know you had to deal with injury for part of it, but in the 2019 season, was it was it watching Yandi hit the homers in Oakland, being part of that? Be, the games three and four in against Houston. What what stood out to you as, as you know someone who appreciated this group? Yeah, I, I mean all of that. The postseason run was just um, was incredible. It, it was just I, I loved it. Um, just for the team, for the group of guys that we have, I, I love all those guys and, and spending time with them and being being on the same team as them. But um, I, I just feel like in that time you get baseball in just the truest sense, and you get um, you know the, the, the purest form of the game when you're when you're in a playoff race and everybody is just playing baseball so selflessly, and um, all you care about is the team winning. And uh, I, I just think that's such a fun time, and I love that so much, just being a part of that. And, uh, I mean, you know, whether it was when we clinched or whether we, we beat Oakland or whether we, you know, whether it was uh, game four at, uh, against Houston, I mean, all of that was just was just exciting and fun. Um, so I would just say the, the whole postseason run and experience uh, in and of itself was just, uh, I mean, just pretty pretty special. Well, hopefully it's not long before we're getting uh, back to that and talking baseball again. And yeah, uh, we certainly wish you and Lindsay, Jack and Luke and your whole family a lot of health and safety over however long this is. And we certainly appreciate some time on our podcast. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. It was nice, uh, nice chatting with you. Well, we appreciate Joey Wendell being with us on our podcast. And our, our latest guest uh, is not in Pennsylvania. He's uh, in the Tampa Bay area, that being Brian Anderson of Fox Sports Sun. B.A., good to see you, and uh, how are you? It's, uh, Neil, it is good to be seen, and I think, uh, you know, considering the circumstances and considering what we're, we're all going through right now with this self-quarantine and, and staying at home, uh, we're doing the, the, the best that we possibly can, and, and hopefully that's, that's true for everybody out there listening. You know, when we're going through this, things go through your head, conversations you had. I remember when we saw you, maybe it was a day or two before the, the – the spring training was shut down and you mentioned you were really sick. I think what in January or February before this all happened, have you thought back to that as to whether you might've had COVID-19 at the time and not even known it? 
Uh, I absolutely have. And I've actually been in contact with my doctor. I'd be real anxious when I get back to see him to, to maybe have that test done to see if I have the antibodies because it was um, right around the Super Bowl. And um, I got really sick um, over the weekend. I had been doing some traveling, which I you know don't usually do in the off season. I had, had been around uh, at some functions with a lot, a lot of people. And, um, you know, I, I got really sick and it was funny cause I saw the doctor two days later and I had started mm-hmm. to, you know, my fever was right around a hundred and, um, you know, just, you know, had the Tamiflu going, treating for the flu and the Z pack and started to make progress Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all of a sudden Thursday night, my fever spiked back to 103. Uh, I was going in the completely wrong direction. Uh, and knew that if I called the doctor the next morning that I was going to be sent to the hospital, no question about it. At that point, thinking that I just had a nasty bout of the flu. Uh, but I woke up the next morning and I had had like three, four, five mornings in a row where I would wake up in a, in a sweat. And that particular Friday morning, I woke up and I had soaked the bed and my fever was back down to about a hundred and it stayed in that 100, 101 range. But I'm going to tell you something that is, in fact, I was you know, speaking with my ex-wife. I said, do you ever remember me being that sick? Because it, it left me in bed for 10 days uh, before I got up. And then even then, I had a deep congestion for weeks upon weeks after that. And so it was, um, it was as sick as I've ever been in my life. And it's funny because I was tested for the flu and tested positive, but at the same time stumbled across an article where they said that you absolutely could be co-infected. And when they do the flu test and it comes back positive, then they're going to treat the flu. They're not even going to go on. And I don't even know if testing was even being done, you know, in early February at that point. But you know, after I read the article, I got a hold of my doctor and he said, I was thinking the same thing. That would be real interesting to see you know, when the dust settles on this and, and we could go back and, and maybe test your blood because um, it, it laid me out something fierce, you know, the, the shivers, the high fever, the night sweats. It was, it was one of the most miserable week and a half uh, periods of my life. And yes, so yes, long, <laughs> long answer. I have wondered. And, and the, you know, I was thinking the same thing. And I guess the chances too, if, if it, if, you know, if you had it, I guess that's good because you, wouldn't be able to have it again. But more than that, you can help a lot of people at this point in time. Yeah. And that's what I would be all for. I mean, if, if that were the case and I had the antibodies, then, you know, as much plasma as I could give, I would absolutely give that. And I'll tell you, you, you talk about um, looking back on that, you know, that, you know, point in time, uh, my wife and our two little kids had gone down to Florida two days prior to me getting sick. When I started doing my traveling, they came down to Florida because we were going to start looking for a house and, you know, getting ready for the season and all that. So they were not up there. So I went through this entire 10, 11 day period with nobody around. Now I I didn't have any help and that stunk, uh, but at the same time, I wasn't around any other, you know, person to infect them. So really, you know, if that were to be the case, then you look at that as a blessing in disguise. And even if it's not, if, I, if it ends up turning out that I didn't have it, whatever I did have was awful. It was as awful as anything that I can remember having in my life. And you're obviously a really fit person too, who takes care of his body, former major league player, long time. So for it to do what it did on you, I think hopefully gives people the understanding of what it could do to someone who may not be in that same condition and has either pre-existing conditions or is older, whatever it may be. 
Yeah, and, and it's scary because the, the more that we're starting to learn um, you know, about this virus and, and you know, it's attacking young and old and certainly underlying conditions, you've got to protect uh, the vulnerable, no question about it. But then you're hearing these stories of young, healthy, fit people that are succumbing to this. So it, it will be really interesting at the end of the day just to see what the triggers were, you know, exactly how this virus attacks the body. Because right now with all of the unknowns and all of the bad news that we get on a daily, hourly basis, uh, it's a scary time in, in this country. And, it, you know, you just, you're concerned uh, not only for people's well-being physically, but mentally. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're hearing about some of these issues, you know, with everybody in self-quarantine and, you know, a lot of despair and a lot of heartache and a lot of how am I going to pay the bills? And, you know, will my job be there? Will my, the company that I work for, the restaurant that I work for, will that be there when this is all said and done and all of the angst that that has led to? So you've got a lot of people, you know, all over this world, really, that are hurting with all, the, with all this unknown. And, and totally understandable. I want to get to you on a, on a personal level. You know, you've got family in Ohio. You've got um, family. Obviously, you're now in Florida. How are, are the health of everyone else around you? And have you had any other friends who, or family who've contracted the virus? Uh, not that I'm aware of uh, at this point. No, no, no one that has been, uh, you know, very close. Uh, my older kids, obviously, you know, up in Ohio right now. Um, my son had had a major hip surgery done, you know, about a month, month and a half ago. And, you know, he's such an active kid that you just wondered how that was going to play on his mind. You know, his buddies are getting ready to play, mm -hmm. you know, baseball season. They've got practices and he, he's not able to do anything. You know, he's wheelchair to crutches and it's going to be a, a long recovery. Um, and we kind of joked, you know, about it the other day. I said, boy, if there was ever a time to be laid up, because we're all laid up, really. And yeah. so, you know, I think that that has helped him a little bit mentally, realizing that, that none of these seasons are happening, so he doesn't feel like he's missing out. But it's tough on everybody. You know, it's, it's tough on everybody. They're still doing their schoolwork, and it's hard for me to not be able to see them. So there's been an awful lot of FaceTime, you know, going on to, to try to catch up. But, you know, it's, it's a challenge. For me, but, you know, guess what? It's, it's like that for everybody. I, I mean, everybody has their challenges, you know, going through this and being separated from their loved ones. And it's, uh, it's not easy, but, but what can you do but make the best of it? So let's get to that. What are you doing to make the best of it? How are you keeping your mind right? Because I know how active you are. I know, you know, you're, you're a gym rat. You have your, you want to show us? Do you have a home gym you want to kind of? No. You know, <laughs> hey, listen, I, I do not have a home gym here in Florida because there's too many good ones to go to down here. But, you know, we get up every morning and we take a little family walk. We, we live right off of a, a nature preserve that has really nice walking trails um, and lakes. And you, you don't see a lot of people out. So you feel like it's, you know, as safe as anything else to be able to get out there and, and, and take a walk. So we do that first thing in the morning. Uh, get up, uh, take a walk around the lake. It's about a mile. And then come in. Um, you know, my wife will get uh, breakfast ready, pot of coffee drink the coffee, play with the kids, entertain them. And then around 11 or 12, um, I'll go out and it's, it's, um, it's a veritable prison style workout in the garage. You know, don't turn any fans on, keep it nice and steamy out there. And we've got some limited weights that we can work with, but a lot of body weight exercises and just interval stuff to get a good sweat going for like about an hour. And then when I'm done working out and I am drenched at this point, I'll go out for a two and a half, mile walk, make any phone calls that I need to. And that usually gets me to early afternoon. And then once that kicks in and 
then it, then it becomes kids get up from the nap and you, 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 you play with them and do what you can to dinner time, dinner, watch the news, catch up, hopefully hear something that may resemble optimism about what we're going through and, um, you know, and then watch a couple TV shows and call it a night, hit repeat in the morning. Are you doing any of the cooking or is Jess doing all the cooking now? Um, you know, Jess does all the cooking. I do all of the grilling. And okay. that we, have, we have gone through some propane, let me tell you. So, <laughs> yes. And, and, and the ordering in, too. We've, we've done the, the ordering in and, and found some really gem restaurants here around uh, the, the North St. Pete um, area. And so, but yeah, she, she's the cook. She's tremendous. Um, you give me the, the, the meat and the open flame and I'll do mine. There you go. You mentioned keeping your body right. And I think that's critically important. Um, what are some of the plyometric type things that you're doing with your body? To, because there may be viewers, listeners who are looking for, how can I do it in a way that, you know, just keeps me going in a good way? Well, you know, it's funny because I do a lot of uh, like, uh, you know, mixing a lot of push-ups, um, you know, change, you know, push-ups with your hands down right in front of your shoulders and then go out wide and then, you know, in here for triceps and just do kind of intervals of the push-up and then maybe a body weight squat with your feet, you know, shoulder width apart. And then maybe, you know, you go do that and then I'll do some dips. You know, I've got a, mm -hmm. a, a medicine bowl that you'll put my feet up on in a box and do some dips for tricep and, and shoulders, and then go back to the push-ups and do, you know, change the, the arm, you know, the hands mm -hmm. placement, and then go back to the uh, body weight squats and change, you know, widen my feet. Um, you're just, just constant movement to keep the heart rate up, uh, but a lot of it is body weight stuff. Now, we do have a bar and, a, and a, you know, and some, you know, 25-pound and 45-pound weights that you can then put on the bar, do some bent-over rows, but for me, because we don't have a lot of um, dumbbells here at the house at a good enough weight, it's just a lot of body weight stuff and a lot of push-ups and, and, and just, just constant moving, constant stress on the body. Um, there are so many different things that, that you can do, uh, you know, just, just looking up body weight exercises, you know, lunges, you know, lunges mm -hmm. holding light weights, lunges without weights. Um, you know, they're just, they're just a lot of different things. I'll do a push-up routine where... You know, you start out with, with 20 um, and then run through maybe some, some bicep curls with whatever you can get your hands on with weight and then some body weight squats and then go to 19. You know, just keep rotating all the mm. way down to 10. And then once you get to 10, 10 sets of 10, you know, just, just keep the body moving. And there, there are a lot of different ways to do it. You can, you know, when you're talking about doing lunges, you can do them forward, you can do them, you know, rear to the side. Um, if you do have a box, you know, get up on the box and do toe touches off the box, you know, just tap your foot and, and bring your knee up, you know, high knee, uh, that will get the heart rate going and, and it'll certainly work that leg that is stagnant on the box, but you've just got to get creative. And, and, and when I wake up in the morning and go out there, I really don't know what I plan on doing that day. And I'll think, okay, let's think of three or four different exercises that hit different parts of the body that we can just stay in a, in a constant rotation for a good 45, 50 minutes um, you know, and then do some calf stuff and some forearm stuff. And, you know, it's, it's worked. I mean, by the time I'm done, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, you know, the, the heart rate has stayed high for a long time and I'm, I'm soaked. So, so far so good. You just got to be creative. That's all. No doubt. What are you doing to keep your mind right? Because you mentioned that the mental aspect of this is, is one of the big things. Are you reading anything inspirational? Or are you listening to podcasts? What are you doing to kind of just keep your mind right? 
you know, yeah, I mean, trying to stay out of the news, <laughs> number one, you know, really just trying to stay out of the news. For the longest time, you know, you were waking up in the morning, putting that on right away, and let's see where we're at. Well, listen, a few days of that, and it gets beyond depressing. So now try to stay away from that as much as I can, you know, catch up on different, you know, sports leagues and the NFL draft, you know, baseball's plans. What, what are we going to be able to do, if anything, to get back to playing? Um, you know, there are a couple of books that, that, are, that are sitting waiting to be read. And so, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it'll be something that I absolutely, you know, get into because I'm running out of the other things. And so I'll start to get into these books, but it's, it's really just trying to stay away from the, the, the drip, drip, drip of the bad news all day long, because I think that that, that will wear you down right. more than anything else. And so it's trying to spend a lot of time with kids, playing with them. You know, the thing that's, you know, it's really, you know, interesting about watching them, they're oblivious, you know, four mm -hmm. years old, one year old. And they just are happy to be playing and watching a TV show or, you know, making up a game with their toys and all this stuff and not having any clue what's going on out there in the world. And someday, hopefully be able to sit down with them and, and explain this, this time of their life. But you try to try to be as much like them as you can and, and just it, find joy in the day somehow, some way. And it's, it's pretty easy when, you know, you've got those two little ones you can play with all day. So uh, what kids movie have you now seen more times than you care to tell us? Listen, I, I mean, between anything Mickey Mouse, uh, Puppy, uh, puppy uh, Pals, Puppy, what is it called? Puppy? No, there's Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. But then there's the, there's Bingo and Rolly. The, the, I can't remember. I don't know. Anyway, that show is on <laughs> all the time. There's this new show, Bluey, that, okay. that they have gotten into. Um, you know, we, we've watched trolls. I mean, you just go to frozen. My daughter's <laughs> one and two. She is all about frozen and now frozen two, of course. So those get absolutely, you know, <laughs> those, you watch those on a loop all the time. Mm -hmm. So there, there, there are a number of cars. Um, that dad's the one that tries to slide that one, to get, <laughs> get, get something going uh, along that. Um, what's the other one? Uh, What's the one with Tom Hanks? Toys. Toy Story. Toys. Got, got back into toys again, too. So, yeah, they're on a, they're on a consistent loop, but those are, the, those are the big ones. The big ones are the half-hour shows that they can watch over and over and over again. Are you binging anything when your little ones are asleep? No. And that's the thing. It's so funny because everybody's binge-watching the seasons of all these different shows. And I'm like, you know, I don't do that during the day because either the, the working out, playing with the kids, there's other stuff going on. And then when they go down to bed at night around 8, 8.30, I'm, you know, we're two hours behind them. Mm -hmm. So in those two hours, I've been watching like old replays of, of baseball games, um, anything that may pop up like that, but I have not gotten in uh, to any of the shows. So I will be even further behind <laughs> once we are we're let out of this and we meet back up and everybody talks about all these shows that they've seen. I'll, I'm, I'm going to be at the, at, the, uh, at the back of the line because I've not been able to do that at all. You'll probably be caught up with Andy there in terms of the old baseball games because he watches a ton also. Oh. Andy, he said he watched one where you gave up three bombs against uh, the Baltimore-Cleveland game. Do you even remember this? I, you know, I 80s. do, and I thought it was more than three. But okay. I, Maybe I, it was three I, in an inning. I don't know. No, there was a, there was a game that I had in, uh, in Baltimore. It was in Baltimore against the Orioles. And get this. This is, this is hard <laughs> to do. I actually – I look back at this now saying – even if I tried to do this, I, I, could never, I could never do it. 
but I gave up four home runs and recorded an out on nine pitches in an inning. So I faced five hitters, gave up four bombs, got an out, got pulled after that fourth bomb, uh, but I did it all on nine pitches. That is the height of efficiency in the wrong, wrong direction. That, that, was a, that was an awful day. Everything that came out of my hand had a tractor beam to the middle of the plate about belt high and got destroyed. What, um, what was your excitement level with, with this season before all this happened? You know, I've asked a lot of the – when I talk to players, I ask them that. I got to imagine you were pumped up just as we all were and, and still are hopeful that at some point we can play with this group. Um, well, let, let me tell you this. For anybody that would listen, uh, especially being back up in Ohio during the winter, you know, a lot of Indians fans and a lot of people that are excited about the season too. Um, listen, it, it, was, it was the Dodgers and it was the Yankees were being penciled in, right? And my belief is that you know, the, the Rays are a playoff team, but I don't even think they're a wild card team. I, I think they had a real good chance. And if we get back to playing, have a very good chance to win that division. This team is stacked. The, the, it, it, you think about that starting rotation. If those guys are healthy, you've got a top three. And by the way, let's not count out, you know, Yarbrough and Chirinos and down the line. But just those top three with Glasnow, Snell, and, and Charlie – that absolutely can lock down and take over every game that they pitch in. And then you're going to have an offense that I think is going to be a lot stronger than people think because the sum is going to be greater than the, the parts. And it's going to be a matchup nightmare because you've got righties, lefties. What Kevin Cash is going to be able to do with his lineup to put together a lot of solid, very good hitters from the right and left side to create matchup issues on a day-to-day -day basis Combine that with that pitching staff. Combine that with a, a bullpen that's going to be locked down. Oh, by the way, how about the depth that this team has? There's no drop-off. You know, last year, how many players did they play? 54? Seven. 57? <laughs> and if you were the, 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 the number one guy or, or player number 57, there wasn't much of a drop-off. Mm -hmm. I mean, you really didn't notice much of a drop-off. And, and, you know, obviously that's being a little extreme. But you're going to go to your, your minor leagues, and you're going to have to have guys come up and step in. And for the Rays, the guy that steps in is every bit as capable of doing the job that he's replacing for the most part, uh, especially when you talk about the position player side. So you think about that depth on top of it, and I think that this is a team that is not going to play second fiddle to the New York Yankees. They're going to give them absolutely everything they can handle. And I think with the Yankees' injury issues that the Rays – to me, they were going to win the division. And if we get back to playing, I'll stand by that. They're going to win the division. Well, let's hope we get there so we can talk about it. That's right. And, and let's hope we can get to some level of um, normalcy in our lives. In the meantime, I think you provided a whole lot of uh, entertainment for our listeners or viewers. And hopefully we – the next time we do this, it's in person. And, and you've already been checked out by your doctor and, and everything's good. Yeah. No, that, that, that will be interesting. But you're right, Neil. You know, it's – it's, it's, it's funny how much you realize how much you miss the game and how much you miss the people in the game. You know, swinging by the booth to, to argue with you about someone down in the minor leagues, how I, I have, you have no idea. I have no idea how you know that much about every guy and the hours that you must put in. And I find it, by the way, it's, it's fascinating to me. So I know if I needed, a, you know, any information on anybody, I know where to go and I know where I can go and, and poke the bear. And going then swinging by the, the radio booth with, you know, Dave and Andy 
and you just you end up self-quarantining. The season should be going on. I think we were getting ready. We should be in Cleveland here tomorrow, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and you just you miss the game, but you miss the people in the game, and you miss being around it. I, I, I'm assuming that you feel the same way. And once we do get back, and we will you know, prevail through this, we will get back to playing ball someday, hopefully sooner rather than later. But can you imagine what that opening day is going to be like for, for baseball, that first day of games? I mean, now granted, maybe not with fans in the stands if it goes that far, but the ratings and the excitement, it's going to be through the roof when this thing gets going back up, uh, you know, in, in full head of steam. I forget, did you play after 9-11? And do you have, and do you remember what that was like? Yeah. Maybe how, I mean, I almost think of this like, in comparison, it would almost be like that coming out of that in every park in America whenever they, whenever they were to resume. Yeah, no, it, it was, again, it was a, an atmosphere unlike any other. Um, you know, and then that was the year, of course, I was with the Diamondbacks at that point, and, and we rolled through the playoffs, and we had to play the Yankees. And, you know, we, we're playing the Yankees, at, you know, in right. that World Series after that. We started um, out in Phoenix, and we won the first two games. And so we were up two games and nothing going back to New York. Now, they had played games in Yankee Stadium, obviously, through the regular season, the playoffs. But this was the first World <laughs> Series game uh, after 9-11, and I was getting that start. So I, you talk about knowing you're going to get a team's best shot shot because they're down two games to nothing cannot lose game three so you're going up against a team that's going to give you everything that they have they're going to leave no stone unturned and it is going to be um you know unlike anything you've ever pitched you know a a team that you've pitched against and and the challenge that you're going to face and then you combine that with first world series game after 9-11 the fans and it was it was the most electric atmosphere that i have ever been around and I don't even know if there is a close second then you had George W. Bush throwing out the first pitch and then all the while you're going to toe the rubber and go head to head with Roger Clemens so well you you talk about um an atmosphere and a a game I've said this you know when that game was over I don't care how long I would have played after that. I would have never pitched in a bigger game because of all of what was going on in the country, in the series, who I was facing, the team I was facing, where it was happening, um, and who was involved in it. I was never going to pitch in a bigger game uh, than that one. And, and so, you know, it, it, will be, it will be similar to that. I, I think it maybe could even surpass that because mm-hmm. – of how long it may be before we get back out there to, to play these games and the angst of the country. This is going to be a country ready to explode, ready to get back to anything resembling normalcy. And I, I think it may even be bigger. I really do. Good stuff, BA. Uh, great chatting with you uh, over Zoom, and, and hopefully we're doing it face-to-face in the not-too-distant future. Stay well and stay safe. Yes, sir. Absolutely, Neil. Appreciate you having me and uh, you take care of yourself too. And hopefully we'll see you all soon.
Really great stuff from Brian Anderson of Fox Sports Sun. Uh, tremendously uh, entertaining, enjoyable, and it was great to connect with him. And hopefully we're doing it uh, at some point soon uh, when we are talking about baseball. But in the meantime, we will continue these podcasts uh, on a weekly basis at least. If there is something that you want to hear, all you have to do is email us, postgame at racebaseball.com. You can tweet me at Neil Solons. You can tweet at Rays Radio, whether it's a person you want to hear from or um, or type of conversation you want us to go down in, certain, in terms of a certain path. Uh, whatever direction it may be, give us your feedback. We're certainly uh, interested in hearing it. And in the meantime, I hope you remain healthy. I hope you remain safe. I hope, like us, you're practicing your um, social distancing. Um, and uh, whether you're worshiping Passover or Easter, I hope you have a tremendous holiday, and we will speak with you soon. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.